This is Sean Green here with Ryan Kramer from the Sports Gambling Podcast, and you're listening to Over Six Sports. So excited for this week's podcast. We've been talking about it for the last week. This might be the best one yet. This is the Over Six Sports Podcast. As always, I'm Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me is Cam Turf King Charlton. What's happening, Cam? Oh, you know, things are going really well. We've been super excited for this podcast all week, and uh, things couldn't be going better for us so far today. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, you know, we, we, we kind of teased it through some tweets. So in, uh, in a short while here, you'll figure out what we were teasing and I'll, I won't, I won't spoil it for you just, uh, just yet. Uh, but we're going to get into, uh, into today's headlines and then, uh, get into our surprise. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest headline of this week has to be the hot mic in, uh, the NHL there, Tim Peel, the referee in the Nashville game kind of got caught on the mic and it didn't go so well. Man, it's it's one of those things where in any sort of media context, make sure the mic is off, man. Like it's not just the, these guys, right? Like you look at you know production guys who who say stuff behind stage, or you know nighttime hosts who say the wrong thing behind camera or say something inappropriate. The hot mic always gets you, always gets you. And Tim Peel basically was just you know when he when he was off off care um off air the the broadcast didn't mute his mic and and basically just said you know he wanted to call a week one on on nashville um you know just to to kind of even i guess there was a bad penalty that he called on the other team earlier in the game cam is that that's kind of the way that that went yeah pretty much and i mean it's just show the same shit that we've talked about over and over again in these podcasts is the referees are brutal this year they're trying to make makeup calls out of nowhere and now you get it on a hot mic you get it now, and this guy's paying for it, and I think it's kind of a message to the entire NHL and the rest of the referees is you can't keep doing this. It's This is this guy's last NHL season as refereeing, and now you're not going to give him the benefit of playing, like refereeing your last game. That's just it. You're done. You don't get the accolades that go along and the excitement of refereeing your last game in the NHL ever. So it's a huge message, I think, to the referees, and we'll see what it does for this. But the refereeing in the NHL has been terrible. We've talked about it over and over again. We've seen makeup calls in just about every game, and this just shows it, and it's proof, and it's it's a bad look on the NHL. Well, and and they had to. I I don't think they had a choice. They they had to let Tim Peel go, because if they say, oh well, you know, we'll just suspend him a game or two. No, you you've completely, and like this is not. And and I've seen players come out and say, and ex players come out and say, well, you know, people don't don't understand game flow. And this, that, and the other thing, it's like, it's not really about all of that. Like whether you agree or disagree with what he did. And frankly, I think most NHL fans would probably be like, yeah, makeup call makes sense. Anybody who's played hockey, you know that there's makeup calls. The problem is, is that when it's caught on a hot mic and somebody's actually saying it, like this is like the dirty secret of the NHL. They don't want, right. They're happy with how the officiating goes. Cause we all know they don't call by the book. The amount of slashes and other and an interference and other crap that there is, there'd be penalties all game long. So they like it called how they call it. But it, as I said, it's that dirty secret where you know he, if if you don't say it, nobody nobody notices it and it's fine. But as soon as you're caught 
exposing yourself to that. NHL's got to save face. And unfortunately, Tim Peel got thrown under the bus. Yeah, and I feel for the guy. Like, this is your final year. You want that last game. And you kind of feel for him that way. You wonder if there could have been a suspension and a fine. But I think this just is really the NHL sending a message. My also guess is that Tim Peel's been warned before. And there's been a couple other issues with him. I don't think they'd do this out of nowhere. But, yeah, it's a huge message. And you had Matt Duchesne talking about it. What if Detroit scored on that power play? I mean, it's Detroit, so probably not. But what Probably if Detroit not. scores scores on that power play, wins the game, Nashville misses the playoffs by a point? You look at that and you're like, that's massive. You can't be making those calls. There's a difference between game management and going out there in a period and saying, I need to find a call against a team. You look at like the North Division, you've got Calgary and Edmonton or Toronto, Montreal. Those games, you're going to go in it and one of those scrums up front, you might just take one guy. But you don't go in this to that game saying, the first scrum I see, I'm taking a guy on Montreal or on Toronto, you just say, I'm taking a guy. So that's where I think the NHL needed to step in and do something and kind of protect the league. Cause it's been a bad look on the referees this year. Yep. Just trying to protect the, what little integrity that the, that the referees have this year. So now keeping with the NHL Habs, COVID finally hits the North COVID finally gets them because COVID will get everybody. So there you go. Finally gets the North division. Yeah, so remember to wash your hands, wear your masks. We're uh, big proponents on that. But yeah, that's been a big change in the North Division. Montreal's already struggling. They're behind people in games huge. They've only played 31. You get teams like Vancouver have played 36 already. And now Montreal's not playing four games this week. Sounds like the NHL season's going to have to extend past May 10th now. They're not going to be able to make up this Edmonton-Montreal series with how jam-packed the second half is. So it makes it interesting. And you kind of wonder, a lot of teams haven't done well when they've missed a lot of games with COVID. Dallas started off slow. Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo's Buffalo. So I don't know if that's because of COVID or just they suck. But even Colorado had a couple off games when they had a couple guys miss COVID. So it impacts teams. So you never know. Montreal could come out of this with a little bit of a rut. But yeah, finally hit the North Division and really is slowing things up. And there will be a lot of catch up for Montreal in this uh, second half of the year and afterwards. Well, and, and I don't think that anybody actually thought, I mean, the North vision has been very successful. I mean, they're not bubbled. So anytime that you're not bubbled, there's always that possibility of, of having exposure. Um, and, you know, we hope obviously the players that are affected are, are healthy while recovering. Um, but, you know, it, it was naive to think that it wouldn't happen. And, you know, now they got to play, you know, you got to catch it up. And with, and, you know, for, for the NHL in its entirety, you knew the season was going to be extended. I mean, Dallas at one point was six, seven games behind other people. Like there's no way they were going to catch those games up. Um, so it was going to be extended one way or the other. I wonder now if they, you know, rejig the whole North division schedule now, because you don't want to have it where, you know, like for example, like the, the, I think the Habs play the Leafs is it the last three games or two games of the year. Yeah, they play the last three games, so then you don't want that them having to go then and go to – no, this wasn't Montreal, so it wouldn't be as bad, but I don't know where Edmonton is the last three games. And then trying to sneak in a three-game series late, it's tough. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, though, is, is like if they extended the, the week, like are they going to have to push that Leafs series back, right? Because that, you know, cause then what happens? Okay, the Leafs are on a two-week break. Well, that's kind of shit, right? You want to make sure ramping into playoffs that all teams are playing an even amount of games. So I wouldn't be shocked if the whole – if the whole if the whole schedule currently got rejigged, I would not be shocked. 
Well, that was the big thing too. Like when Dallas got it so early, like you've seen Toronto's had a couple major gaps. Montreal had that six game or six day off. So they were able to, for Dallas and stuff, fit those games in and where they had gaps. We're now in the second half of the year. There's not those gaps anymore. So they're not going to be able to do that the same way. So we'll see what happens. I imagine there's just going to be rejigging in the entire division and it'll make for a really jam-packed, even more than it already is, second half of this season and finishing stretch. Well, we didn't want to wait too long to 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 bring these guys uh, into the podcast. Yeah, we're super excited to have these guys on. If you want to make some money, definitely give them a follow and a listen. We do every week, and it's helped us make lots of money. So with no further ado, we'll throw it off. Well, Cam, we were super excited all of last week when we found out these guys were coming on. One of our favorite podcasts that we listen to, we follow religiously, should we bring him in? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, they made us a ton of money over the last week, so let's have him on the podcast. Perfect. Let's do it. So coming on the line right now from the Sports Gambling Podcast, we have Sean stacking the money green and Ryan Real Money Kramer. What's happening, Kramer Dog? Um, I mean, I, I hope we brought the stimulus to north of the border up to Canada. Because <laughs> hope- yes, sir. Yes, please. Yeah, we were, uh, it was a crazy run March madness. I mean, not only yeah, the big winner obviously is our first half unders, which just dominated, I think what 23, seven and three or something like that. And then, uh, but even after that, like Kramer and I've just been red hot 10 and four Kramer is with his locks, me 11 and three, a lot of, uh, you know, region winners still out there. So yeah, we, it's been an awesome March madness. Well, I was just about to, that was my first thing I wanted to bring up because we, we missed the first day I was busy working. We, we, I, we, we missed it, but we went all 16 on the second day or whatever. Was it 18 or 16, whatever it was. And we cashed some major cash on that. Now, you missed the wave too. Cause the real, <laughs> the real like regression to the mean part of the day happened with those first 10. And if you were following us on Twitter at gambling podcast, like we had a couple listeners who parlayed the first 10 first half unders. <laughs> I think one guy yeah. had ten dollars to win six grand. I mean that that's <laughs> that that's a, a year changing event. And like we we were joking about the stimulus, but man, I, I will tell you this: I, I've been gambling for a long time, and this past two weeks between conference tourneys and, and the first weekend of March Madness has been the biggest heater I think I've ever been on, Sean. I, I don't think I've ever even had like four straight days in the first weekend of profit. Like this, this whole thing was an anomaly. I'm just waiting for the, the, the other shoe to come down, you know? Yeah. Usually there's some sort of, uh, I mean, it was, we were hesitant to recommend to people hopping on the second day if they didn't play the first day or the first four, cause usually that's where things even out a little bit, but the second day was almost as good as the first day, which was insane. And again, it's a, it's a trend we've been riding year after year after year. There's you know, some years it's a little below 500, but usually, I mean, overall, and this certainly is going to sway the numbers into the positive, but uh, yeah, epic year for the first half unders and just picks in general. We've just been red hot. Yeah. I mean, it made me super nervous there. The second day we've missed out on the first day, first game, second day doesn't go over. I was like, Oh shit, nope. or goes over by quite a bit. So we were a little nervous there, but again, it worked out by the great there by the end of it followed Kramer's picks on uh second round there and made some good cash that day as well. Yeah, no, it's been uh it's March madness has been great. We've just been on fire. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm looking 
forward to the Sweet 16 here and uh, hopefully following you guys to make a little more cash. Oh, yeah. Keeping along with the, the first half unders, I just wanted to briefly discuss a lovely account that was chirping you guys. Yeah. <laughs> How did, I, I'm not even going to throw out the account name yes. because I don't want to get I don't want to give them any sort of clout or whatever they're looking for <laughs> but how dare you come after the boys how dare you kramer how did that whole or, or sean or who how did that whole thing even start yeah well it started i tweeted out you know kind of tongue-in-cheek that if you parlayed all first uh, all 10 first half unders you would have taken $1,400 and walked away with $900,000. And that actually was the math on the 10 team parlay. And then this guy just starts giving a shit out of nowhere. It's like, Oh yeah, that's such a square play. And first off, I wasn't recommending doing that. I was just pointing out how, how, what a crazy run these first half unders have been on and, and that we actually gave out these winners. And then he just kept coming back by accusing us of being squares. And you know, I said my predictive model had him as a huge fucking loser. So, (laughs) and he's just like, "Well, that's not even forty. You call yourself a comedian?" And he was coming back with these comebacks that weren't even comebacts. And the guy doesn't post any of his actual plays on Twitter. That you can say whatever you want about our podcast. We're very transparent. If our picks suck that week for whatever reason, we make fun of Uh, ourselves. We will, which we will be discussing with Colby on on the Sweet Sixteen preview. His performance has been lackluster, but. Yeah, you know what it is. If you're in this space for long enough, people there, there's this small population that are like the 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 tout truthers, and most yeah. of the work they do is good work. They they point out that there's a bunch of scumbag liars out there, but then they like they 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 manage to trickle into our space from time to time, where it's like, bro, apart we like the dude just won lots of money. Why not just celebrate? <laughs> like, don't point out how he was lucky to cross the road. Yeah. Like you sound like a vindictive little bitch. And by the way, <laughs> like I, from a, from a higher level approach, the guys into predictive models, I was purely just pointing out that if his predictive model knew the outcome of the event, it would also love a 10 team parlay. He didn't find that funny either. Listen, sometimes <laughs> you're going to make enemies in this world. And unfortunately it was in a weekend where we were making lots of money. The fans were making lots of well, money. Well, it so was, it was fortunate for us. Cause everything I, I threw out there was completely right and red hot. <laughs> so he picked a bad week to go against us. I mean, there's, well, I was just about to say that I was yeah. like, the, the, this guy of all weeks, <laughs> yeah. you could know, you could have came after you on wildcard weekend, yes, exactly. or whatever the case is when you were on a cooler, yeah. right? Like we talked, we talked on your, on the locker room app back then. And, and we were both on that cooler, oh, but why would cold. you come after why, why would you come after you when you just hit? What was it like the first day? I forget. I did forget what the numbers were. It was like 11, two and three or something. That's a terrible day to come after you for that. And yeah, and bragging about paying off your card. I tweeted out to him. Like <laughs> I, I came in defense and I tweeted out that I was glad that he paid off his 2005 Pontiac because seriously, this guy's whatever, man. Like, like, you're seriously with, and he also pointed out that I have my, my a hundred followers when this guy's got 187 followers. So. No, I know he, yeah, like what he was clapping back at was so stupid. I mean, yeah, he was, Oh, oh he was talking followers. It's like, dude, we, I mean, we have 
whatever. We have way more followers. Why? And then he's like insulting random listeners that are chiming in. They weren't, they weren't saying that they have some huge following and that they have a predictive model. No yeah. one, no one that listens to our well, show says they have a predictive model in their bio. Yeah. The stat heads never understand the entertaining, the entertainment <laughs> yes. part of it. So it, it generally cruises right over their head. And you, and yet I'll tell you this, I bet you this guy doesn't enjoy his gambling. So. No. And, <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like we, we like to have fun gambling. So we point out entertaining, <laughs> fun things to do. It's fun, responsible to, ways to yeah, enjoy gambling. It's fun to bet on all first half unders and then have all your listeners and everyone else that's in on it celebrating with you and posting screenshots of how much money they made. That's fun. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, these guys are the fun police. They, yeah. they're ob- they hate fun. <laughs> like these analytics and like as as you guys said, there's no reason to. There's no reason to cl- like clap back on this or whatever the case no. is. What's wrong with having fun? Throw on a unit or two units down on something that might not happen. But hey, if it hits, shit, no. it's nine hundred grand, man. Who gives a fuck? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. Like you look at all the statistics, and yeah, betting one game each time is gonna make you more money long term. But is it? They're nothing more fun than throwing a ten-team parlay and sweating it out all day. <laughs> like it's just the way to go. Sean and I pedal in memories and I'll guarantee you this, that do, if you hit that 10 team parlay, you're never forgetting this, this March madness. Yep. You're never forgetting this. And, and you're probably never forgetting us either, because <laughs> I don't know if there's too many shows out there that are just aggressively pushing a bet. Every uh, like unders aren't fun to begin with. Like we're literally saying, Hey, the first half of every game in the tourney root against points. Trust me. Just no, trust yeah, me and, and from one. an entertainment point of view, are, are you ever really wanting to be in on a first half under, but somehow when you play all 36 of them, <laughs> it becomes fun. So, <laughs> and it, beca- it becomes a thing. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. People just can't wrap their head around enjoying gambling and not mm. treating it like a math project. Well, we won't let the fun police ruin the fun. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll keep it right and and moving into more, you know, kind of. And I don't want to steal too much from what you guys are doing on your own podcast. But are, are you guys surprised with the amounts in the in the March Madness tournament that we've seen so far? Like the amount of upsets we've seen? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you look at the number of double digit seeds in there, it, it seems kind of high. Uh, what do we got? Four double digit seeds. That's kind of high, but even like Loyola Chicago, <clears throat> Loyola versus Oregon State, that's like 20 seeding combined. The, even historically, that's not even like top five. I think there's been a number. It, it's easy to forget. But yeah, I mean, Oral Roberts being in here, I, I, I think was certainly a surprise. But again, Syracuse and UCLA to me aren't huge surprises. That 11 seed from the playing game, them making a run is, is fairly common. Well, yeah, and, and uh, from uh, if you initially just look at it, like it felt, it feels like it has been a nice Cinderella tournament. One of the commandments: "Thou shall not believe in fairy tales." If you really dive into it, uh, we discussed how only ten percent of teams have been seven seed or higher in the final four, and when you look at who's left that can fit that mold and break the ten percent model, it's Oregon State versus Loyola. One of those teams is coming out. You got Oral Roberts, you got Cuse, and you got, I think that's it. So, oh, yeah, UCLA, yeah. I'm sorry, and UCLA. So, even though it feels re- like it hasn't been all that chalky, uh, it still is. And then you flip to the other side, we still have three one seeds. We still have two of the two seeds, only one three seed. So, perhaps there's a little less top heaviness this year. There's a little bit more in that six to, to 10 range. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's more fun when these teams win. Like Oral Roberts is an interesting one, and I'll save it for our show. But like, th- there's some situations going on here where 
they have a 15 next to their name. I don't know how they have a 15 next to their name. Yeah. You know, the way they play. Well, and even on, even on a smaller scale, Loyola as an eight seed, I, I think pretty obvious misseeding by the, uh, by the tournament. There. But I we mean, still think it's an Jean. underdog because of sister Jean, yeah. because people are like, Oh, that's so cute. She's back. <laughs> that's great. She's still alive. But is that not what we expected overall is kind of misseeding in this entire tournament? Nobody, a lot of these middle seeds, nobody really had any idea. Did they? No. I, yeah. And again, you, even like preparing for the tournament, looking at the advanced metrics or any sort of like data stuff, you know, like half these teams only played half their season. So it was, I think, even a harder year than normal for the committee in their defense, as far as like figuring out these teams. Loyola, I had winning the region, Oregon, teams like those that you could identify as like, oh, I, I think they're going to make a run. They probably should be a higher seed. It definitely has been a good year so far for that kind of well, stuff. Also, if you got lucky like I did and, and threw a dart at the Pac 12 and yeah. said, hey, their athletes are going to rise to the top this year because some of the blue bloods that maybe typically would take care of them aren't there. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's an odd year. I mean, I think if nothing else, what we learned this year is you can't judge teams that that don't leave their conference. It's really hard. It was really hard to see the Big tw- Ten collapse coming because they were mostly playing their own conference. Although I do like the counter argument from the Big Ten sympathists saying it, that they're tired, the schedule was so hard, that's why they're <laughs> losing. But yeah, can we just acknowledge as well that it's just so fun to cheer for a team? Yeah, no, <laughs> yes, exactly. Bobbins, like Oral Bob. Oral Bob is just so fun to cheer for, and there and the memes that come and the content that comes from Oral Bob is oh, it's a layup. That's great. So I do want to ask you guys one more question while we still have you. I mean, we've been touching on NFL free agency on our pod quite a bit, and uh, you guys are both NFC East fans, so I just want to touch a little bit on that division. Want to talk Joe so Flacco signing? Perfect. Now the <laughs> yeah Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> Super Bowl champion. Gonna take the Eagles to the promised land. Exactly. Again. Now the Eagles have two uh, quarterbacks better than Danny Dimes. Oh wow! It, here's here's my take on the NFC East free agency. Slightly worried that the Redskins got Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's kind of <laughs> he's if he has anything left in the tank, <laughs> putting him on a good defensive run. Rivera might be his dream situation. But being the uh, Redskins, I know they'll find a way to completely uh, mess this up. And the Giants, they, yeah, they've brought in Galladay, Dory Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not scared of this Giants <laughs> yes. team at all until they get a quarterback. And and you can't tell me Daniel Jones has figured out whether or not a pressure is coming in the offseason. Resigned a stud 26 is it, year. Is it still well, all right? Kramer. It's is coming because it we signed a 26 year old stud and Leonard Williams as well. And by the way, I heard a lot of doubters saying that free agents would be running away from Joe judge and his culture of running laps. These are professionals, <laughs> but what did they do? They saw good things happening in the building, all cited culture as the reason the plan as the reason for joining the team. Unlike in Philly where they're trying to figure out those simple systems. It's going to be all about all rise. I, I got all Joe the- judge. Dave Gettleman has wor- working himself out of the doghouse. <laughs> Daniel Jones, wow. pro bowler playoff <laughs> division, winning New York football giants. And it's because the defense Bradbury and a Dory Jackson. That's not something to be scared of. Uh, Dory Jackson. That is something to a, be scared. Didn't of. have a great, you're right. Not, not anything to be nervous about. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Jones, certainly not something to be scared about. Like they still just okay. don't have a quarterback and you can't, you but, can't but make a run. The giants have won the off season so far. 
All you guys did have jo- you got you got I, Philly yeah, trash. I mean, there was there was no one. Uh, I mean, again, this was a really bad year for free agency because the really good free agents, aka Allen Robinson, guys like that, realized they were better off just letting themselves be franchise tagged when you know they'll wait a year, sit a year out, essentially in the free agent market, and then next year when the new TV contracts hit, they'll have a ton of which makes the Dave Gettleman moves even more 4D chess, locking up Galladay for that kind of discount with the ceiling about to bust off the cap. I Giants mean, have Gal- won the Galladay offseason. Played, Galladay Sean, played five games. Left. Sean, if Joe Flacco signed with the Giants <laughs> or the Redskins or the Cowboys, God help us all. Oh, as their starting quarterback, yes. <laughs> no, but he's a backup. He's a he's a cancer in the locker room. I'll leave it at Why that. Joe cancer? Judge, let's go. All rise, all rise. <laughs> no, I mean well, if, that's if the thing the- is we're both massive. We're both massive Miami fans, so we're looking at the division and seeing Fitz Magic sign there, mm. and we think there's a little magic left in the tank. I definitely. I mean, if I'm a betting man and I'm not a, a crazy Giants homer, I'm definitely buying a, a football team ticket. No, I, I think for the Dolphins, you guys just well. I mean, this Eagles coach is like he, he's not going to be a winning co- like that. That initial press conference is all I needed to see. Well, Ryan, when was the last time you guys had a winning coach? It's you got to go back pretty far. Yeah, and I know what that looks like. Bill Parcells, <laughs> let's go. Tom Coughlin, I mean, let's go. Giants, Joe Judge is the next one. Let's Giants go. fans. When you guys win seven games in a season, then start. Then you can start talking shit until you nope. get back to that plateau. Sean, you keep wanting to look in that rearview mirror. You got to look forward, bro. Uh, yeah. Th- there's no, I'm looking forward and there's no windshield. You guys are wearing your seatbelt. You're going to fly out through the windshield. Smart move catching us during college basketball season where we haven't talked about the NFL at all on our own show. So you're just getting the sneak peek behind the curtain here, just hijacking. So I'm curious to hear then, because you guys mentioned it. We've mentioned Miami a little bit. We're both massive Miami fans. What's your opinions on what they've done and what they're going to do then? Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're kind of like a much better version of the giants. They have everything. <laughs> They have everything <laughs> in place. They have decent draft capital, but they just don't have a quarterback. Tua is not a franchise quarterback. I mean, I you could talk me into Tua over Daniel Jones, but still, I I think I would have I would have done everything I could to get to Russell Wilson, and they they certainly have the draft capital to do it. Now, certainly, you know, even trading for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's really uh, uh, certainly there's a a part of the uh, Florida lifestyle that may uh, appeal to a guy like Sean Watson, aka the Orchids. Him and Bobby Kraft going down to or- the 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 masseuse down there, Orchids of yeah. Asia, and uh, so. But now <laughs> it's gotten to a point where God knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. But I think if they can figure out the quarterback position, I, I'm kind of out on Tua. Maybe it was just the injury, but the lack of him looking downfield and pushing the ball downfield is just a. Rarely do quarterbacks in the NFL all of a sudden pick that up and figure that aspect of the game out. In the same way that some quarterbacks don't realize when to feel pressure, they don't just come into a season one year and figure that out. They kind of either have that or they don't. So I, I I worry about Miami as far as not having the quarterback, but the rest of the team and I and I love the coach Flores. Oh man, I'd run through. I, I said this to Cam at the end of the year that I got a I got a ten month old. And I would send my 10 month old with Flores anywhere <laughs> in the world. And I would not be worried about it. This guy would protect, protect my kid, just like he would protect anybody on that team. I was fired up when he marched across the, well, I think it was, they were playing the, was it the Bengals? They were playing chippy game. And he marched across the field on a cheap shot, you know, 
respectfully adjusted his mask <laughs> because he's a classy guy, but just marched across defending the team. The one thing I actually, Sean, that you had mentioned there, just, just circling back to Tua really quick here, um, and just his lack of looking downfield, I didn't feel like the Dolphins had – you know, they, you know, Devontae Parker was not 100% all year. Mike Gusecki was okay, but they really didn't have a speedster or really anybody that they could throw to. I mean, they had a ton of drops just as a team. Uh, don't you think that perhaps, you know, grabbing, you, you know, if you don't trade for Deshaun Watson, using one of your, either the third pick or, or a later pick and trading down to five or six and using that to get a speedster uh, wide receiver could help Tua, especially if it was, you know, someone that he would have played with back yeah, in Yeah, I mean, I don't think it can hurt. But again, to me. You're not going to get Sean off the Tua sucks. No, huh? no, it's the same thing. I, I mean, I was on that <laughs> island with Jared Goff and uh, I never thought he would win a playoff game. So kudos to Goff for pulling. He wins a road playoff game and then gets traded. It kind of a hilarious that the way that came out, but yeah, I mean, just watch to his eyes. Like if quarterbacks don't feel comfortable enough in there to look down the field, it's really hard to get out of that habit, unfortunately. And it, and I think teams and fan bases, I've been guilty of it myself. Convince yourself of like, Oh man, if they just had weapons and he would be throwing it all over the place, he's got no one to throw to a lot of times they're not throwing it downfield because they don't, um, you know, they don't, they don't see the potential win. They wait until someone like at Alabama, you could just throw to guys who were wide open. They were open, you know, and in the NFL, you have to throw guys open. They might be covered when you throw it, but you have to throw it to a spot where, you know, they'll go and get it and become open. And I haven't seen any. I don't know. I'm not ready to fade a dude from the Island yet. Yes, Kramer. That's purely just like a play on the fact that like everything I've watched and read about this dude is he's, he's a mentally tough dude. He's just gotten started and he happened to come in with a class with burrow and Herbert who looked like fucking diamond dynamos. So uh, I'm not selling on him yet. I think people are a little freaked out. Uh, I'm curious to see, like he's got, he hasn't even played 16 games. So, and he's coming off a pretty serious injury. Well, that's the thing is, as you kind of mentioned, Sean kind of mentioned there, we're sitting here and we're looking at it as Miami fans and I'm optimistic. You throw Jamar chase, you got Will Fuller, Devonte Parker, and Mike Gusecki. Give him a year with those guys. And then if he can't succeed, he's definitely not the guy. But you give him those weapons and give him a chance, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still out on two. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're not getting Sean off that. No, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Sean, give us Jalen no, Hurts. No, I mean, if I, was, if I was Hurts, the Dolphins, I would, try and, I would definitely be trying to trade for Jalen Hurts. Or, again, I, he's expendable I, now that you got Flacco. No, no, I'm, I don't think the Eagles would trade for him. But if you, if, if you could convince the Eagles that. Um, Justin Fields is the guy. I mean, I don't know, honestly, if I was Miami, I would draft Justin Fields um, and, and trade to it to Houston. Again, part of that would be to get to Sean Watson. And I, I think that's probably on pause there, but uh, I, I think, I think if you have a chance to draft Justin Fields, I, I kind of think his ceiling's higher than two is honestly. Well, that's the, well, you know, that's something that we've talked about, right? Is transitioning that and, and how long do you give to, although, you know, like this guy before he got injured, in Alabama, right? Like he was touted as the number one pick. And, you know, for us last year, it was all tank for Tua. Um, I mean, the NFL, and you guys know this very well, is a very unforgiving league, right? You don't get, it's not like in the NHL, right? A goalie has a bad year in the NHL, which we, we cover a lot of. And, you know, you're, you know, you bounce back next year, you're on a six-year contract, whatever. Um, NFL, if you have one bad year and you, and your team is ready to win, Teams can move off you extremely quick, especially when you got a hip condition. I mean, that's that. 
That's the situation. Well, yeah, I, and, and, you know, there's there's obviously too much smoke to believe there's no fire when it comes to the team being concerned about him, his ability to get all the way back. Last question that I have for you is, so we've seen, this is something that really, you know, has pissed me off throughout the year. And I've been, you know, I've been an NFL fan for not, too, I mean, I'd say five, six years, really started covering them and, and following it really closely. What the fuck is the deal with this restructuring contract bullshit? Uh, like and and maybe like you guys, this is really common, and you're not as passionate <laughs> about it as me. But how 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 does Taysom Hill sign a hundred and forty million dollar contract or whatever it was for four years, and he's not going to see you're, a penny that you're of that. seeing the power of the owners in the NFL, the power more so than any other sport. Obviously, baseball, it's all guaranteed. Basketball, it's all guaranteed. Essentially, what they're they they play this game where it's like, oh, these teams are in cap trouble, right? Like, how do you think the Saints have remained competitive, although they're in cap trouble every year? Because they just keep kicking it down the road, and that's what you see the smart teams do. Like, occasionally you kind of have to cleanse the system, but this is just the NFL having way too much power, and the players being like being able to sign a player who has really no like Taysom Hill, zero fucking power. So. <laughs> He's Sean gonna Payton's sign. boy, though. Exactly. Sean and, and you know what? Boy. It's great for Taysom Hill. It, it blips him in the in the media. He probably gets a bump in, in, in promotional stuff and being able to market himself better. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of uh, – who is it? Lombardi always talks about this. You just got to look at the first three years of any contract. That's That will tell yeah. you what, what the contract really is. Yeah, or even just the guaranteed money because then what they do is they just take whatever money they owe you, tag on these bonus years, and the bonus years allow you to break up the signing bonus, and then they convert what they owe you into the signing bonus. So the player gets a big check right then, and if they're Russell Okun, they're smart, and they put it into Bitcoin. And, he got and, paid in Bitcoin. And, 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 you know, come out <laughs> way ahead. Uh, if they, you know, invest in their friend's barbershop, probably not as much, but yeah, it's very simple. They're just liquidating the stuff early so that they can free up uh, salary cap in the short term. Now, certainly they're creating dead money as the years go along, but it's never an issue because the salary cap goes up so much and you know, every once in a, I mean, really without the pandemic happening that actually shrunk the salary cap. Well, yeah. Teams fans, are a little fucked this year. Fans wouldn't have really even noticed, but then again, also to that point, you just don't see NFL teams cutting guys that they can't pay. You know what I mean? They figure out a way to either restructure uh, do something like the, if they cut a guy, it's cause they don't want him. Not because they can't figure out a way to pay him. So as much as you hear these free agent signings of like, Oh, they overpay, they overpaid. The Taysom Hill one's great though. The Taysom Hill <laughs> one's a pretty hilarious one because of the way of it's structured. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, you can't really look at the numbers, just see what the guaranteed is and, and take it from there. Well, and, and I, yeah. And I, and I just, I don't know. I just have a hate <laughs> on for it where we, you know, we just, I just, you know, Patrick Mahomes after assigning a contract, the next year restructures. And I know Brady's done it forever. I just think that it's just such bullshit. Um, like, like I said, last question before I let you guys go, Dak Prescott, we got one listener, a couple listeners who were fuming about Prescott's contract. Give me a take on Dak and what you think of Jerry Jones signing him to such a big a deal when frankly, can this guy even walk? Uh, right I now? mean, I think he was, he's old. Jerry Jones is old. And I think he finally succumbed to some pressure from someone else being like, dude, you got to sign this guy. You, we can't, we can't risk not signing this guy. I think, I think the problem with the franchise quarterback is you have to, you have to gamble either. It's the guy or it's not. And he's saying it's the guy. So it doesn't really matter how much you pay the guy because you need to get a guy. And if you don't have a guy, you're not winning a super bowl. So you got to pay that like the giants, right? 
<laughs> well, the, exactly. the Giants. The Giants are in a great situation where they have a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. So championship. <laughs> uh, someone had a great a, a great breakdown of the whole negotiation where Dak basically said, "Hey, I want thirty million dollars." Jerry Jones said, "No, I'm not paying you that." Then he uh, blew out his ankle to an insane degree, and then they gave him the money he wanted. It, it really he owes Ben DiNucci a little bit of that money because it showed what the Cowboys look like without Dak Prescott. Also, just a reminder to all the, all the Cowboys fans: you guys sucked when Dak Prescott was healthy. I love how the narrative <laughs> is: oh, once Dak is back, oh, what after that injury where his leg fell off? Like you guys were losing games. You guys would have been one and four if it wasn't for that miraculous onside kick against the Falcons. So let's uh, let's hold up uh, there. No, he put himself at the Cowboys in a place where. You know, they had to sign Dak Prescott. And again, you can look at the crazy money. Oh my God. So quarterbacks are expensive. I mean, you know, Eagles just had to pay uh, $5 million for Joe Flacco. So that really shows you what it, what quarterbacks <laughs> are worth. Now, with Dak, if he sucks his first year, they'll talk themselves into giving him another year. So he's going to be here for at least two years, even if he's really bad. And then at that point, they can get out of it. Did you, you see he get, was a top five quarterback <laughs> in yardage per attempt in the you, first five games? You can get out of any contract. And the Eagles trading Carson Wentz just proved that. Everyone said, oh, there's no way the Eagles trade Carson Wentz. There, there would be a dead money hit. And then there is, and, and, they just figure it out. So I think it, it kind of is what it is where, yeah, they probably overpaid because Dak sucks, but they, they need a quarterback and they've convinced themselves Dak's their guy. If Dak's not the guy, I mean, again, the only reason they wouldn't have signed him is if they could have got, I think what was really happening was that they thought they had a dark horse chance at landing Russell Wilson, which was funny because Russell Wilson listed the Cowboys as one of his possible trade destinations. So I think there were discussions, uh, that the Cowboys were trying to get Russell Wilson. And that's why they didn't sign him to a bigger deal sooner. Well, with what the bears were willing to give uh, Seattle, I don't think anybody was getting them to be honest. That's true. So it's, it's ridiculous. So, all right, boys. Well, we, we really appreciate your time today. Um, again, this is uh, this is the sports gambling podcast on over six sports. You can follow them at gambling podcast at Kramer centric and at Sean T green boys before uh, you head out and we say goodbye. What, uh, what do you got on the schedule for your, for your podcast tonight? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, we're doing our sweet 16 podcast uh, again, subscribe to the sports gambling podcast. It'll be uh, up on live on YouTube as well. So check that out. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously we're going to be giving out some more stone cold winners. Obviously <laughs> we're on a heat. We're all on a heater. So you want to tune in and we're picking every game cold, hard cash. Thanks a lot, boys. And hopefully we'll chat again down the road. All right. Let it ride. Let it ride. By Cheers guys. Once again, as, uh, as we just said, we appreciate the boys from SGP sports gambling podcast joining us on over six sports podcast. Um, and yeah, so let's move into our, uh, let's move into our recap cam from, uh, from NHL last week. Yeah, I mean, we got to start at one spot and one spot only, and that's five for five for dun, Burke here. Dun, dun, dun. Rocky in the house, baby. I mean, I don't think there's much better way of putting it where you haven't been very good this season. No. You've been letting our listeners down. Little they bit. haven't been making as much money as they should, but you made up for it this week. Hell we yeah, threw down, Threw down more money and made a ton. So you went five for five, so we'll start Woo-hoo-hoo. going through the games now. But wow, what a week for you. Oh, buddy, I was stoked. Hit a 16 parlay last week, rode it into the podcast, and then hit a five for five. Let's fucking go. 
So the first game we got to talk about is the Montreal Canadiens. And if you put, watch, pay attention to our Twitter, which you should, Burke kept his picks the same, but I made some adjustments just based on what I saw on Friday night. So, I mean, I hurt myself here. I figured took Montreal in regulation after seeing the game Friday because they were, what, 0-9 and shootout in overtime. So I figured either yeah. they're going to win in regulation or they're going to lose. But Montreal broke two curses on Saturday night. First off, they finally won in those reverse retro jerseys. And two, a miracle. they won in a shootout. They won I'm, an extra point. Yeah, I just, I didn't even know where to go with that. I was so shocked just watching it. And I mean, it was super I got exciting. A I got a text from you. I got a text from you. They did it. <laughs> it's like they won the Stanley Cup, but all they did was get an extra point from an over OT shootout. Like, man, how bad do you have to be? I know that they were 0-9, but seriously, man, like I... I, I, I was, as I said, I was kind of hoping that they would, that they were going to win, obviously, but I also was hoping that they were going to lose because <laughs> I really, really wanted to see them go over in the OT shootout. Yeah, it would have been nuts if they actually did that. I'm really happy they didn't. So it was huge. It was not good for me by changing my bet to regulation, but it worked out fine for you. You stayed money line, so you were happy to see that shootout goal, which, I mean, anytime I can see you happy that the Habs won, I'll take. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, so don't get used to it. So the next game here, again, I changed my bet, and I went Maple Leafs puck line after they lost Friday night. You knew they were going to win. I mean, you're getting the big story about that is Jack Campbell stole the game. Really, Leafs fans, why do we have to do this every time Toronto plays a game? It's true. I, I don't I don't understand why, what, what the goalie carousel is. I mean, you're even seeing things from the athletic or you're seeing, you know, you're seeing things from Steve Simmons and Toronto Sun basically just be like, you know, it's Jack Campbell's time to shine this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, man, how, this is why people hate playing in Toronto. Like you have a bad stretch and they just ship you down the river. Could you imagine if, if the Leafs had Carey Price, had him signed to the contract that he does and he was playing like he did at the start of the year, this guy wouldn't make it to the rink. Like he, I mean, he would, Montreal's not any better than Toronto in a lot of ways. It's just no. in French, so you don't hear it as much. Perk. Well, yeah, there, there you go. Exactly. I don't have to hear the, the the French stuff, but but it's it's ridiculous. Like I just can't. And like now you're hearing all this rumors and crap about well, Leafs are trying to trade for Jonathan Quick and 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 Anderson's sitting out not practicing because they're keeping him fresh for trade. I'm like, what? Where is all this garbage coming from? I don't get it. No, he has a lower body injury. He struggled through it multiple times this year. But you looked at those two games, Friday to Saturday. The Leafs looked like a completely different team. They gave up they triple their the most scoring chances game. Friday, Friday than they did Saturday. Yep. You throw anybody in net, that's a way easier game. Yeah, Campbell was solid. I'm not going to hold anything against him. But it's not entirely on Anderson, the difference between those two games. The Leafs no. were a much better team. Everything about their game was better. They arguably played their most complete game of the year. Arguably. Like statistically, they were all over the place. Their defense was excellent. And I was comfortable, you know, after they blew it on Friday, didn't, you know, they just couldn't get it going. I was very confident Saturday, kept the pick. Glad I did. Leafs money line, chitching. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't really have to touch on your bats because five for five, you don't have to really touch on them too much. <laughs> the next game, I was wrong. I keep thinking this Winnipeg and Edmonton game, I think they're both frauds. So, I decided to go Winnipeg because I thought Hellebuck would get it done. But, I mean, Hellebuck might be one of the best goaltenders in the league. But how do you bet against the best player I think I've ever seen in the NHL? And Connor McDavid, the things he's doing right now are stupid. 
No, it's unreal. And I, I took puck line in that game, did I not? I actually don't have the pick, but yeah, I think so. I, I think you said I, if they I, were going to win, they were going to win by many. Well, they, I think they won by two. I think it was exactly two that they won by, and I'm pretty sure one was an empty net. So that was a bit of a sweat. Um, but no, they got it done, man. Like I just, you know, I, I and we kind of talked about this. Now, one of the things in your midseason rankings from last podcast, right, is is like, you know, you thought Edmonton might drop out of the playoffs, and they very well might. But if teams aren't going to shut down the, the the best and arguably the second best player in the league, and we've touched on this a lot, but you don't shut those guys down, you're going to the possibilities of you losing are extremely high. Well, and it's just been a different story. You watch McDavid since that Leafs series, and he got shut down, and the Leafs played great against him. But he's almost taken his game to another step since then. It's like people were down-talking him more, trying to compare Marner and Matthews to him more, and he's like, no, stop it. I'm the best player. He's now got 60 points in 34 games. He's tied for the league league in goals. This guy's just, what he's doing is insane, and he just looks like the best player every time he steps on the ice for a shift. Am, am I correct in saying that he has more points than the entire Sabres team combined? Is yeah, it he 60 had, to 59 He did have or more points this week with 60 than the Sabres had goals earlier this week with 59 total goals. So he had been involved in more goals than the entire Sabres have scored, which is crazy. I mean, it's one, how good McDavid is, and two, how bad the Sabres are. I love that they. we had one listener send us a – sent us a picture just it was tristan jerry goaltender for the penguins i believe it is he has three you know i think everybody has three points and jeff skinner has three goals like it's a pretty embarrassing that and we we don't want to shit on ottawa too much or sorry ottawa buffalo too much but i mean if a goaltender has pretty well the same points as a as a forward it's just overall embarrassing but i bet them again tonight so there you go yeah, I mean they're gonna I think set the record tonight with their fifteenth straight loss and Is that I the mean, record? I they're tied their own record. I don't know when the year was. Is but it yeah, their own record too? Yeah, they had fourteen, oh but gosh. I don't know when that year was. It might have been like after nineteen fifty, but yeah, they tied their own record. Oh, that's amazing. Because I, I love that it's just their own record. So not only are they on a terrible living losing streak, but now they're beating themselves, which is which is multifaceted because they beat themselves every night. Yeah, so then we're going to go into the locks. I kind of got screwed on this. The Bruins game got postponed. I mean, they were playing the, supposed to play the Sabres, so that was a for sure lock, so I didn't get that money. But the Islanders, man, the Islanders are so good right now on so many levels. Their goal attending looks good. They're getting so much depth scoring, and they're just an easy team to bet on. I went puck line with that, and it was not even sweating. They're just such a good team right now. I think they're starting to look like the class of that division, and that's a good division. Well, and they showed that uh, some of that last year, right? They they didn't quite get it get it all the way, but they showed that there was there was some there. And I mean, you know, when you got guys like Barzell, and I mean Anders Lee's hurt now, but guys like that, right? Like it's it's like they have such a uh, they have such a, a deep team in a sense where you know there, there are a lot of the guys that you haven't really heard of, or as I coined on one of our first podcasts, they got a team of nobodies, but. You know, if if you if you band together and play like a team, a team of nobodies can take down a team of, of with a couple stars, right? Well, yeah, you just look down their lineup. They got Jordan Eberle, who I, that's a guy I'll never count out. Pajot, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, Oliver Wallstrom. Like they don't really have many fourth line players, and the guys they do, Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, and stuff. There's not many fourth line players who are better than them in the NHL. They made up the best fourth line for years there with Clutterbuck. 
So they're just such a deep team, and they're a fun team to watch, actually. They're getting great goaltending from both goalies, Varlamov and Sorokin. So, I mean, if you're looking for a team to bet, I actually think they're going to keep on this trend, and I think they're going to – they might win that division, which is shocking to me. I did laugh that they actually waived Leo Komarov and, they're, and his $3 million because, you know, Leafs fans obviously are being stupid and like, let's bring Uncle Leo home. I'm like – Man, what team in their right mind is picking up Leo Komarov at $3 million? Zero. Nobody is yeah. taking that. So we'll get into your two locks then. And, I mean, the first one's not really who you chose. It's who you bet against, isn't it? Uh, obviously. What was the game, Cam? The Dallas Stars versus the Detroit Red Wings. And what happened in that game? Detroit well, I mean, lost. Detroit didn't score a goal, so... They're not going to yeah, win too many games they don't score. No, because they suck, and I'm going to keep banging this drum. This is now the third lock that I've locked against Detroit and they uh, for Detroit to lose. Now I'm 3-1 and one against Detroit. Perfect. I'm going to keep hitting this every single week until they until they beat me again, although I don't think this week's sneak preview to our this week's picks. I don't think I'm going to run with them this week. Bit of a trap game, in my opinion. Not interested in, in taking flack. So, although, you know, maybe I should. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to decide when we do it. Yeah. Then we'll get into your second lock. Cause you had both games get played and it was St. Louis over San Jose. And I mean, St. Louis is it's still a, a good team in my opinion. San that Jose one made me not. nervous though. Honestly, that one actually made me more nervous than, than the Red Wing stars game because St. Louis is just some days they just don't show up. I don't know what it is, but like every time I bet against St. Louis, they win. And every time I bet on St. Louis, they lose. Like it's, they're so hit and miss. So that one I was a little bit nervous of, but all I can say with a full certainty is that San Jose is just not good. They're, they're not like, they don't get consistent goaltending. Eric Carlson is a nobody again. And like, I just, yeah, I know coin in my own term, but he is like, he, he's been awful all year long and they're just not getting the consistent play that they need. So yeah, I mean, for me, St. Louis was a lock, and and that wraps it. Five for five. Cam, give us the count. What are we at? That has got to help my units, and it's definitely got to help my win percentage. So you've been struggling all year. You've kind of been sitting just below 50%. You were down quite a bit of units, four units overall. This week, Del Burke, five for five, oh. and you were up over five units. <laughs> So I did I put a couple just, units on those games, eh? A couple of them, I think I put two units. Well, it's just difference going puck line and adding more units. So we got to try and make some money here, and we both did it. I went two for four, which has pretty much been the same. I'm going 50%, but I was up at 1.3 units by taking puck line and taking some dogs. So overall, I'm sitting at 52% for the year, up 1.34 units. You're sitting at 54%, so huge week, and you're up in percentage. And slightly below me though, you're only 1.14 units. So got yes, you there. but I I had a big comeback though because I, I if, if I didn't go five for five this weekend, I was in big trouble to be down like four units, and especially in hockey where like as I said before, like the average like the good capper is like 63 percent, 64 percent. If if I get down more than five units and get into like double digit units, I'm never coming back. Like there's, there's no comeback from that. So this was one I needed. I think this is my second clean sweep of the year. If I remember correctly, I think I had one right at the start and then I was awful for like four weeks and now I'm back. Yeah, it was huge. It was uh, definitely good for our listeners. I mean, we've definitely had both good picks on the Twitter. 
kind of been back and forth on the pod, so it was nice to pick up some good picks and uh, get the listeners on our side and making some money. Hell yeah, man. So let's get into this week. I mean, the first one game we're going to touch on, really not much North Division because of the whole Montreal thing this week. It's only two games for you from the North. Started off with Leafs-Oilers. Where do you want to go on this one? So I have um, the Leafs need to bounce back. I mean, I really liked that they had, you know, most of the team back. They had, you know, Simmons came back, which I think, you know, I think that gave a big boost. You know, as I said, I think they gave, you know, having him in the locker room, even just his energy, his leadership, I think that helps. Right. Cause I think the young guys and you know, they're not that young anymore, but the young guys in the room, you know, really hard for them to carry the team without having that little jolt of energy. Now you got a couple of the injured guys back, you know, it's very helpful. The problem that I have with this game and is this their first game? I didn't check the schedule on who they play tomorrow night. They play senators tomorrow night. So, um, my I, I normally would go I normally would go Leafs on this game. I mean I keep banging the Leafs every week, but I I, I just think that this is a revenge spot for the Oilers. You lose three in a row to and, and you get two goals, one goal in three games, and you basically get shut out by both of their backups. And they're gonna be playing Campbell. Campbell's not getting another shutout. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Oilers money line. I'm just gonna stick it on one unit. I think it's probably gonna be plus money. Uh, I think the Leafs will be favorited, and you know I'm just expecting the worst to happen. I don't think this is gonna be a huge skid. And I think if you know the next game they play the Oilers, it'll be a it'll be a bounce back for the Leafs. But yeah, I think that the Oilers have a have a bit of a bee in their bonnet. They, you can't you can't go four in a row losing to the Leafs. Well, that's the way I look at it. It's a huge revenge game for both Dreisaitl. McDavid didn't have a point in the last series. You know the Oilers are going to want this one. They're still fighting for that division lead, and it's a big game for them. They've now had a whole week off, basically, with this whole Montreal thing. So I'm going to stick with that one unit Oilers money line. I just think, especially it being plus money, it's just going to be a value play there as well. So makes too much sense not to bet on McDavid in plus money off a Leafs team that's reeling and in a revenge spot. There's just... Too many factors there for me to not take it. And, and the the flip side of that too is if the Leafs do su- suddenly come back and win that game, like I'm happy with that. And this is not me hedging happiness, which I do sometimes. Sometimes I'll bet against the Leafs. So either way, what happens that night, I'm happy with. This is not one of those situations. I just think that, you know, I I do believe that the Oilers are probably going to win this game. I'll take and if if you know I I even if I wasn't betting on it, that's what I think. But if the Leafs somehow pull it out, I think that says a lot about their mindset as a team and is really encouraging for me kind of moving into the last bit of the schedule you can admit you're hedging happiness here i mean you did bet what us in the world junior final hey listen listen plus 400 i don't care what junior game you're talking about if there's a junior game and the line they give you is plus 400 you take it every single time junior hockey is not that predictable so to give a line of plus 400 was stupid i had to take it so moving into the next game, we have the Flames and Jets. I mean, the Flames are real in here. If they don't win a lot of games soon, my prediction for them making the playoffs is going to look really bad, and they're not going to have a chance. Well, and they, yeah, they did not help themselves tonight, and they lost to the Senators tonight. Um, you know, we're actually, sorry, we did mention this earlier, it's Wednesday, uh, March 24th. Um, so, yeah, I... Five and two versus the Sens. Sorry, two and five against the Sens. Is that what they're at now? They've played seven games. 
I think they've only played six. They're four and two now. Four. So the center is a four wins. Yeah. Or the flight. Okay. So four and two versus the 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 senators are. Oh man, that's a bad voice crack. Four and two versus the versus the Flames, and they just couldn't get it going. I mean, it, it's it was a weird start time tonight. So that can sometimes affect guys, especially if you're flying in. I don't remember whether last game Calgary's last game was. Uh, was it, did they fly back after Toronto? Do you remember? Yeah, they think must of, have. I, I think they did. So you know, five o'clock start time on a on a Wednesday is a really weird start time. So maybe that's what happened. But it just seems to me like Edmonton's Edmonton, Ottawa. Holy, let's get this thing back on the road here. Ottawa's got their number right now, and I just don't think that I can. And we're kind of going back to this. I just don't think that I can bet on them. Like, I, I legit don't think that I can bet on the Flames right now. So I'm going to take Jets. I'm going to take Puck Line. And I'm going to take two units. Yeah, I mean, I just got the same thing as you. I mean, Daryl Sutter came in there. They looked hot. They got that huge coach's bump the first couple of games. Those were their best two games of the year by far. And since then, they just kind of looked the way they are. Goudreau has, I think, one point since Sutter took over. Monaghan only has one or two. The top guys aren't getting it done there. Markstrom's back to playing fairly well. Even tonight, he played pretty good. You can't blame him. But the big guys up front are just not getting it done for there. I thought their depth was going to be something really good this year. I like a couple of their depth guys, but I'm just the same way. I can't bet on them. And, I mean, I'm still not a huge fan of the Jets, but the Flames scare me way more than I think any team in this division right now. So I think Jack's puck line's the way to go. I'm just gonna stick with one unit, not being as aggressive as you, but I, I'm go gonna on puck build line. the units. I'm gonna build the units. I'm gonna try to get up like fifteen so I can just be super reckless moving forward. But I think that's a good angle though, is like <clears throat> is that if you you know, if Hellebuck even has a seventy five percent game with how Calgary's been playing, I don't like he doesn't even have to play like like he did versus the Leafs. He just has to play okay. And the Jets aren't, like, as we said, I don't think the Jets are that good of a team. But if Hellebuck just has a 75% game, I, I I think it's an easy win. Yeah, and they don't need much to score. They still have, the, their top six is still good. So it's just too easy to bet on the Jets that night. And I know the money's not going to be good. So you got to go puck line on it. If you're going to go the Jets, the money line's probably going to be somewhere near minus 200. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it could be minus 170, minus, you know, 180, something like that. So we'll kind of move into our locks because there's only two North Division games to touch on this week. So I'll start it off first, and I'm going to go back to the well here and the Isles. They're playing Pittsburgh this time, so it should be a little more of a game. But I just think this Isles team is good, and Pittsburgh's not as good as they were five years ago. Goaltending's a struggle. So I'm going to go Isles puck line, just one unit, keep it simple. But I feel pretty good about this Islanders team, and I'm going to keep riding them. This is a risk when I'm going to lock in. Saturday game. I've been banging on the Sabres drum for the last week. I've bet the Sabres every single night, and they keep losing. So this is risky. I'm going to take Bruins, puck line. Actually, no, I'm going to take Bruins money line because Bruins don't know how to score sometimes. But I'm going to take Bruins money, money line. Sorry, excuse me, two units. That's, that's what I'll do. I'll go two units, Bruins money line over the Sabres. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to laugh at you when you've been betting the Sabres like all week here thinking, oh, it's going to end, it's going to end, and then it's going to end on Saturday when you bet oh. the other way. And then you're going to miss out. I... You've just lost a ton of money on the Sabres, and you're going to miss out on the big payday. 
Uh, but this is this is what happens, man. It's like I preach it, I preach it, I preach it. It doesn't happen. And by the way, I think like for listeners, like I would legit fade my picks a hundred percent this week. Going five for five last week, I am due for a letdown. It's either going to be a hundred percent or it's either going to be zero percent. Like there's no way that I'm going to hit one of three. Like I just don't see it happening. So especially only three picks this week, there's there's no chance that uh that anything good's gonna happen so well i mean it might but but, uh i'll say this better beware better beware yeah i i just don't even think i can back your lock this week burke there's zero or i mean i can back your lock this week i was scared you were gonna go the other way there and you were gonna lock in the sabers and then there was no way i could back that up i would have left the podcast right now and pretended i didn't know you (laughs) Could you imagine how many units that I like? What if I bet like, like I would wonder what the odds would be for like Buffalo puck line two units. Like I would love to see what that payout's gonna be. Man, even tonight I took LA puck line. So this is Wednesday, so you'll already know the winner. And the LA puck line tonight's like plus three hundred against San Jose. I'm like, this just seems stupid. They're somehow not the favorites. I think LA is half decent. When that money at plus 300 to go minus one and a half for LA was just great money. So it's just taking value bets like that sometimes where I don't know if Johnny Quick has a good game. Oh, I mean, they probably will. I mean, if they don't, they don't. But if they do, they're winning by more than two, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I think. It's just too easy. Too much could have a value bet when San Jose's favored. Fade them. Yes, I agree. And then when Buffalo is not favored, hit it every single time. So I don't think there's too much else exciting this week. I mean, the Jays are kind of scaring me a little bit. I don't know if you've been paying much attention, Burke, but it seems like everybody's Kirby injured Yates on Kirby Yates is their... hurt. Springer's hurt. Like, what? Okay, I, hurt. I, this is something that I, like, I, I was talking about earlier with, uh, you know, was how are these baseball guys getting hurt so much, man? Like, are these guys just not taking care of themselves where they come out and play a few games in a row and they're getting hurt? Like, like don't get me wrong. Like I'm not in the I'm not the most physical specimen either, but like h- how are you having these major injuries? I just don't get it. Like do we not are the Jays not one of the richest franchises in in MLB? Do they not just build the most the the most beautiful training facility that you know that we've ever that they've ever had? Like the nicest one in the MLB. How yeah, are these I mean, guys getting injured? It makes no sense to me. Isn't spring training about being slowly ramping it up, worrying about your body? You see these veterans not even play all the time. So it makes no sense. Kirby Yates is done for the year, it sounds like. He's going to get Tommy John. So there goes the closer. George Springer is just in a mild oblique strain. So he'll be back, but he's going to be missing a bunch of spring training. So then is he going to start the year bad? And then Pearson, you were hoping, was going to be your number two in your rotation. And you don't know when he's going to start ramping it back up. He's already on an innings pitch limit and stuff this year. So... It's a little concerning. I mean, they still their offense is still ridiculous, but pitching was one thing that you thought they needed to work on, and now without Yates and Pearson, and you're not really sure what else is going on. It's definitely worrisome, but I mean, we'll just have to win games ten eight. Yeah, exactly right. Their their lineup with like Bichette and and Biggio and Vladdy and Simeon and all these guys. Well, Springer was supposed to be in there. I'm sure he'll come back before opening day. Hernandez, Gurriel. It's it's a silly like, lineup. It's if you look it's at it. yeah. Like the lineup, the, the batting the batting lineup was never a concern. Pitching definitely was, um, and it seems that they had patched it up decently. I don't think it's a top bullpen or a top you know rotation by any means. Um, 
But with the injuries, like it's definitely now it's definitely not. Now we know for sure that it's not. So, you know, I, you hope that the offense can put and you know, the offense and the defense, because you're going to have to play, you know, in the field, you're going to have to play really well. Right. Because more than likely, you're going to have a lot of hits. You just got to make sure you can take them away. Right. Gritchick in the in the outfield made a really nice catch last night. You know, you got to take some of those away and, you know, in the infield too. you know, make those plays because if you have, I know the Jays had a lot of errors last year. That was the one conversation point. They had a ton of infield errors. Now the players are young. I get it. Like it's, you're, you're playing in the bigs. These guys are hitting it harder. They're hitting it more consistently and you have to, you know, you have to be a stud to get these. I mean, some of the shots that these guys are catching are impressive enough, but, and for us to expect them to get them all, you know, to get them all is ridiculous. I mean, if you hit one, you know, line drive off the ground at me, I, there's no chance I'd get it. Not, not even slightly, but you, when you're in the major leagues, man, it's a different ball game. So you have to play great defensively and you have to get run support. You don't get run support. You're screwed. So, and hopefully they put themselves in a position. I guess that's the last thing I'll say on it. I hope that they put themselves in the position where they can give management and ownership the options kind of like they did in 2015 where they say, Hey, we're there. You go out and get us, you know, get us a second guy. We've got Ryu. like, go get us a David price or go get it. You know, go get us someone like that so that we can, we can make a push here. Cause I think that they've got enough depth and they've got enough hitting just got to be able to to bring it home, get a good closer, get a good second starter and see what we do with that. Yeah, I think that's the thing is I'm super excited. Maybe not for this year. This year is super exciting. I mean, they made the playoffs last year in kind of the weird format. This year they should have a good shot at making that wild card game. But I think you're looking more at next year. And I think it's a huge year in seeing what you have in all these young guys, how Guerrero can finally step up. I mean, he's the big question mark and put an asterisk beside his name because if he turns into the star you think he can be, they like there's no ceiling for this team they could be the best hitting team we've seen they could be better than those yankees teams we've seen over the last five ten years yep so i think this is kind of for me i'm thinking at this year is kind of a let's see almost same way as last year if we make the playoffs great if we don't let's just see a lot of positives a lot of growth from the team and then i'm looking at next year as kind of that year where you really start pushing all in and making those trades but i think this is a really show me year show that this team can take that next step and then next year management kind of can step up and make the trades and deals i need to make 100 percent, man i i i totally agree last thing i think that i want to talk about because this is important wednesday night we delayed recording so we could have the sgp guys on um nba trade deadline is tomorrow raptors are on a nine game losing streak they just got beat. I think they're playing tonight. They just got beat by the Houston Rockets, who were on a 20-year, 19-game losing streak. And they lost that game. And, you know, my question for you is, is that, and we talked about this, about Kyle Lowry before. What's what's going to happen? Like, what do you, like, if you had to put money on it right now, is anyone getting moved on Toronto by trade deadline time tomorrow or is this team just going to stand pat ride it into the offseason and see what they have in the summer i think they've got to move norm powell there's got to be too many teams who want him and i think you can get a good haul for him lowry's the question mark i'm hearing tyler hero from miami could be involved in a deal but i still just got so much respect for lowry and i want to leave it up to him if he says yes to go into miami we can get a guy like hero in a deal let's do it 
let's reset, get a couple of these younger guys, let's set up for the future and just tear it down a little bit. I'm the NBA is so weird. You need a true superstar to win. We saw we brought in Ka- Kawhi to get it done. You need multiple. You need more than one, right? Like look at the teams who have won in the last couple of years and look at the studs that they've had on that team. Like Raptors in 2019, Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, like Pascal Siakam wasn't quite there yet, but like, like they, they basically had two. I mean, Lowry's an all-star and Baca's an all-star-ish. And he Kawhi, was an all-star at one point. Right. Kawhi's an undisputed all-star and he was the big difference maker for sure. And then, and then uh, Mark Gasol, right? So they had a stud team, but then now you like Lowry alone is not like if Lowry and DeRozan couldn't get it done. I'm sorry, Lowry and them are not getting it done now. You need you need somebody else. They don't have it. it it's you have to do the reset. Do you not? I I I said this before. Before the Raps won a championship in 2019, I said I would take 10 years plus of bad Raptors basketball for one championship. I stand by it. I have no oh, yeah. regrets. I mean, you're a Leafs fan, so you've been struggling forever. As That's a Raps right. fan, at least you got the championship. So some bad years, some reset years here. I just think Norm's the guy who I think needs to go. Too many teams are going to want him. He's a perfect sixth guy, fifth guy on your team. He can fit in so many different roles. Good D. He can. He's had huge games and playoffs. I don't think there's much sense in keeping him, in my opinion. And Lowry, it just comes down to the respect thing. If that guy wants to go, let's move him. Make sure he's fine with going to Miami or Philly or wherever you're trading him. And if he's good with it, let's do it. If he doesn't want to and he wants to finish this year with the Raptors, then I think you got to let him do it, in my opinion. I don't want to see Norm Powell go. He's the only rat. Like I've got Landry Fields jersey hanging up in the bar, and Norm Powell's in the in like my pristine spot by my championship banner. I don't want Norm Powell to go. I love that dude. I think the bi- other big question mark is the Raptors. Is Siakam might be on the table? Like you're hearing everything that's going on. He just got fined by the team. Him and Nurse have had some altercations. Is it maybe time to move off Siakam? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't think this is the same conversation that we had with, you know, Sean and Ryan and from SGP, right? It's how fast do you move off a guy? Because I thought that I, I thought that two was fine. Like, I think two is fine. I think, you know, Sean doesn't think so, but I think that two, you got to give him a shot. Siakam really hasn't had the full time. It takes a long time in the NBA to be a superstar. Right to give up on a guy that young that has shown talent in the past, I just don't see how you can move off him that quick unless the return is undeniably good and you can't turn it down. Yeah, the big thing for me though is like I'm for sure in for keeping guys around, especially like when we're talking Miami and Tua, we're seeing hearing how positive he is. His mentality is great, he's always been known for that. When you look at Siakam, he's getting in altercations with Nurse. Nurse has to be one of the best coaches in the NBA. Coach of the year was it last? Was it last year? Yeah, like you just look at that, and that's where it kind of crosses the line for me. And I kind of really question the guy because if you're going to get into arguments and have so many discussions that way, I don't know if there's much of a future for you there. Nick Nurse has to be one of the most respected guys. He seems like such a like team guy and all that. Just seems terrible to me. So that's where I'm all about being patient. But a guy like that, I just if you're going to have issues with the coaching and management, I don't know anymore. Well, and I just, as I said, I would, so my big prediction is, is not even really a prediction. I, you know what? I will make one. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And we can talk about it later, but I like to be bold. We like to be bold on the over six sports podcast. My bold prediction, Kyle Lowry 
will no longer be a member of the Toronto Raptors come Friday, 12 a.m. Boom. There you have it. Kyle Lowry getting shipped out. I don't know where he's going. Could be Miami. Could be somewhere else. But after tomorrow, Kyle Lowry will no longer be a Toronto Raptor. Yeah, that's uh, bold. I mean, there's definitely the option of that happening. And I don't think it'd be the most shocking thing, but... I'd be a little surprised at the same time, so we'll see. Do you think what do you think is more likely? You think that him staying is more likely or him going is more likely? If you had to guess, I think staying is more likely. I'd probably throw it if I was trying to throw out odds. I definitely think he'd be like seventy-five percent staying, twenty-five percent going. I still think there's a decent chance, but just too many things I think point to him staying the year in Toronto. I love it. Well, the good news is Cam is that uh, I think this was a great show. We uh, we touched on some Jays, which we haven't done. Touched on some Raptors, obviously touched on some hockey, as we always do. Uh, gave everybody kind of a sneak peek, or you know, our first interview, and uh, hopefully more to come. Was there anything else you wanted to uh, add before we checked out for the week? Well, I just think you got to pay attention to our Twitter now. We got a couple uh, drops coming, I think, in the next week on some different things. We'll keep you in the know if you follow us on Twitter, and uh, there's definitely some exciting things coming on that route. Yes, sir. We do have some spicy things coming up. We may have a a merch drop at some point. We may have a merch contest at some point. So stay tuned for that. You can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports, and you can follow myself uh, at Zach Burke Over Six and at C Charlton Turf. Did I get that right this time? You did. Nailed it. Nailed it. I always want to add King on the end because that's a great nickname king it's not happening not going I, with it not i think stick. i think it's gonna stick i'm gonna keep hit i'm gonna keep hitting it until uh until it does so uh as, as we said keep, stay tuned for that and if you uh you know if you really enjoy the interview with sgp feel free to uh if you are on twitter or wherever the case is feel free to at them at uh at gambling podcast at over six sports let us know what you thought um you can always as i said give us a review on on apple Podcasts. tweet us on twitter uh, email us at um over six sports at gmail.com and give us your feedback we want to improve we want to make uh things interesting for you i thought we did that this week cam uh as always this is the over six sports podcast i'm zach the bandit burke and with me as always is Cameron Charlton. Still not going to do it, Burke. Cameron Turf King Charlton. Thank you for listening, and we will chat with you next week.